Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, then I am excited for today. We have got ourselves a loaded episode. I am fully prepared. I even put my contacts in for this episode. I am that excited. This is fully loaded like a baked potato. Uh, We're fully loaded today like Herbie fully loaded that great movie way back in the the day. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, what happened? Um, but we have a lot going on today. I am very excited. It, it feels like the weeks and the days are just melting away as we are inching ever so slightly. I believe we are now two weeks to the day away from Kansas basketball taking the floor against Gonzaga. College basketball starts up on the 25th. Gonzaga and Kansas will be playing on the 26th. And wouldn't you know it? 14 days away, and we have a lot to get to. I think I've fully conveyed that. So let's move on. This is Jonas Nordman on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. And what a show we have today. Some recruiting news. Polls are out. All America teams are out. Our previews will continue. We are down to our second to last team, and this is a fun team to always talk about in our Big 12 previews. Uh, Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. I got to get going because we have a lot to get to. Yeah, it's, it's really starting to become college basketball season. Ignore the fact that the infrastructure and everything about COVID surrounding college football seems to be failing and it seems to be crumbling to the ground. There's new cases all the time in the NFL. How's college basketball going to do? Probably not great. (laughs) You know, the biggest college football game of the season, LSU Alabama has just gotten postponed this week. Ohio state had its game postponed. And if Ohio state and Alabama are having their games postponed, then you know something, something's really going on there, especially considering that Ohio State started the season late. Uh, the whole Big Ten, yeah, the whole Big Ten did. So don't don't worry about that. Let's focus on the positives. Let's focus on what's to come. You know, college basketball has its everything in order. So if there's a, an entity that I totally trust that is college basketball, let's start with recruiting. This just came down yesterday. Kansas Jayhawks signed themselves what looks to be a pretty solid complimentary program guy for next season. Fresh off the wire, or at least fresh off the wire last night. So in our 24-hour news cycle, this is actually a pretty stale story. But K.J. Adams, a power forward, 6'7", 200 pounds, out of Austin, Texas, Westlake High School in Austin, Texas, has committed to the Kansas Jayhawks. 
I always like to say you can kind of tell the quality of a player by who else has been going after him. He was also being chased by Baylor, who's a powerhouse right now. Georgetown, you know, traditional power. LSU, who has recruited and had some pretty solid teams. You know, how they got to Baton Rouge is another issue. And Oklahoma. Lon Kruger had some good teams over the years. So a four-star player, not really chased by the Kentuckys, Dukes, North Carolinas of the world. But K.J. Adams is a four-star recruit. 24-7 sports has him ranked 92nd nationally, the fifth best player in Texas. Like I said, sounds like this could be someone who could be a program guy, which almost feels like an insult in today's college basketball world. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the one-and-done rule coming up. And rosters have lots of turnover. We've learned that doing our Big 12 preview series. You never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to stay, who's going to go, who's going to redshirt. And having good quality players learn, sort of percolate, marinate, learn the system. There's nothing wrong with that. If they have talent, that's, that's all good by me. I have not seen him play. Here is the scouting report by Director of Basketball Scouting Jerry Meyer on 24-7. Extremely strong and powerful athlete. Not necessarily a fast-twitch high-flyer in space, but an athlete who can move bodies and has a feel for the game. Possesses functional athleticism. Okay, Effective in traffic. Can score through contact. Best in the middle of the court. Attacking off one or two dribbles. Keeps defense honest with his shooting. Willing and adequate passer, dangerous on the boards, has defensive versatility. Sounds like he's going to be a bit of a bruiser. <laughs> 6'7", 200. Not a huge, imposing beast, but sounds like he plays above his height. I look, I'm looking forward to, uh, I am looking forward to getting him on campus, seeing how he does. So K.J. Adams. Welcome to the Kansas basketball family. That is the future. What about the now? Just the other day, I believe it was on Monday, the AP preseason poll came out. And man, my first reaction was, where's Kansas? Okay, I found them. Didn't take that long to find them on the preseason poll. My second thought was, Let's see how many teams in the preseason poll is KU scheduled to play. We no longer have to go off of bunk aggregate Twitter accounts. We can now finally say and take a look at the poll and say, who is KU playing? Oh my goodness, their conference is ridiculous again. Way back when, if you remember when March Madness got canceled, we have been sort of slowly yet surely updating on way too early polls. It's no longer a way too early poll. This is the preseason poll. And has much changed? No. But here we go. Number one in the nation. Gonzaga. <laughs> the team that Kansas is going to start the season off with, the Gonzaga Zags Bulldogs out of the West Coast Conference, is your number one team in the nation. We sort of knew it was between them or the number two team, Baylor, out of the Big 12. Yes, 
We have not talked about them yet. Spoiler alert, we'll talk about them next week. Number three, Villanova. Number four, Virginia. Number five is Iowa. I find the Iowa ranking at five interesting. We all know that this is purely based off the fact that Luca Garza has returned back to school and is the consensus best player in the nation right now or the best returning player. You know, who, knew, who knows how Cade Cunningham's going to do in his true freshman season. I, 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 pure, I, I do think Iowa is a little overranked. I mentioned it earlier in the year. This is a team that didn't really make that much noise with Luca Garza last year regardless. And now just because he's back, doesn't mean that the team overall is much to write home about. So Iowa's at five. It, it reminds me of when like Doug McDermott came back for Creighton. They were ranked, and they ended up falling out of the rankings because the team didn't end up being that good. It's just they had a, a, a name brand recognition player returning back to the team. Anywho, that's number five. Number six, the Kansas Jayhawks. So there you go. KU is preseason number six, setting up a nice little top 10 matchup to start off the year against Gonzaga. Not a lot of name brand there in the top five, right? If you're looking for your Dukes and Kentuckys, uh, Duke is number nine. Kentucky is number 10. I guess I might as well fill, fill in the rest. KU six, Wisconsin, Illinois, Duke, Kentucky. That is the rest of the, of the top 10. North Carolina, if you're wondering, comes in at number 16 preseason. UCLA, a preseason top 22. That's sort of your name brand recognition. Michigan State, I guess you could also throw in there. Uh, They check in at number 13. So with that being said, I've already mentioned two of the teams that KU is going to play. Let's quickly run down the top 25 from a Kansas basketball perspective. Of course, we start at the top. Gonzaga, they play the number two team, Baylor, twice. Those will be a couple of crazy matchups. I believe KU Baylor will be playing in the very last regular season game of the year as well. Mark that down for college game day. Kansas also plays the number 10 team in the nation, Kentucky. In fact, 10, 11, and 12 are all on Kansas' schedule. Kentucky, Creighton, Tennessee, two of those three, of course, in the SEC. Kentucky will be in the Champions Classic. Tennessee will be in the Big 12 SEC matchup challenge, whatever it's called. (laughs) You don't have to go too much farther down. Number 14 and number 15, Texas Tech, who we talked about last week. West Virginia is number 15, who I will get to in just a moment. Number 19, the Texas Longhorns. KU will play them twice. And that's it. But out of the top 25, Kansas is playing one, three, six, eight. They're playing eight of the top 25. Should have done that before I got on air. But you know what? It popped in my mind. And who's to say what other Big 12 teams may rise and fall into the rankings? But 
Once again, KU is going to have the toughest schedule in the country, and it's going to get going right off the bat with their game against Gonzaga. And by the way, uh, game number two of the year is against St. Joseph's. No chop deliver. Those Red Hawks. Maybe Jameer, Jameer Nelson will come out to do the coin flip or something. <laughs> so that's the preseason top 25, the AP poll. Gonzaga and Baylor sort of pacing the country. Kansas comes in at a very respectable number six. I'd say when you lose your two best players in Devon Dotson, Yudoka Azabuki, and you still come in at number six, good things are happening in your program. Along with the poll, the preseason All-America team also came out. I'll keep it relatively short because you may be wondering, did Marcus Garrett make it? He did not. But names of note, Luca Garza, yes, did make the first team All-American out of Iowa. And there are two Big 12 players on the first team All-America team. One may not be a surprise. Baylor senior Jared Butler. He's probably your preseason favorite for Big 12 Player of the Year. And then when I say a second Big 12 player made it, that's where you may think, oh, did Marcus Garrett make first team All-American? No. It is the freshman out of Oklahoma State, the player that you're probably sick of hearing about already, Cade Cunningham. So the number one ranked freshman in the nation makes first team All-American. They are joined by Illinois junior Ayo Dosunmu. Uh, People are expecting a lot out of Illinois this year, as you can probably tell. Top 10 ranking, first team All-American. And then Corey Kispert of Gonzaga and Arizona State's Remy Martin, the point guard. Kansas fans probably familiar with Remy Martin. Uh, KU's played Arizona State a couple times recently. He was the one with the hair that looked like a stallion. (laughs) He's out of uh, Sierra Canyon, by the way. Southern California, played high school basketball with Marvin Bagley. Went to Duke, of course, drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Not that important. Just thought you might be interested to know. Garza, Butler, Cunningham, Dasunmu, Kispert, and Martin. Preseason All-Americans. Congratulations, gentlemen. So that is sort of the preseason news. Truly signaling the college basketball is right around the corner. With that being said, let's continue our Big 12 preview series. Let it let us make our way east out of true Big 12 country into Morgantown, West Virginia, where their basketball coaches don't believe in wearing suits. We got to love Bob Huggins. <laughs> into the high, misty, blue tick mountains, the Appalachians of West Virginia, a few hours' drive from Washington, D.C., and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Morgantown, where there is some optimism for the Mountaineers this year. Last season for West Virginia, they went 9-9 nine and nine in conference. 
much like Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech. They went 21-10, and 10, though, overall. And they return a pretty good, um, healthy amount of roster from last year's 21-win team. This is a team that started off really hot as they won their first seven games of the year. Kind of hit the skids late in the Big 12 season, starting early February. Lost three in a row. In fact, they lost six of seven at one point that really knocked them out of the race, including, of course, a loss hosting KU, where West Virginia only scored 49 points, and that is going to be the theme of their preview. Can West Virginia score enough? Quickly, the raw numbers, 70.3 points per game, tied for 226 in the nation. Honestly, I'm surprised they're that high. Rebounds per game for West Virginia, this number did not surprise me at all, as well as their ranking. They had 40.5 rebounds per game. That was 25th in the nation. They are a physical force led by two hulking forwards that we'll get to in just a moment. 12.4 assists per game, 275th in the nation and they allowed 62.4 points per game last year. We know the deal about West Virginia by now. They don't play as much press Virginia anymore, but they are still tough. They are still rugged. Going to Morgantown is still a pain in the tush. They still will hack you up and down the court, and Bob Huggins and that crowd do not believe they have ever committed a foul. (laughs) Departed players, the main one is Jermaine Haley, who I don't even remember from last year. He averaged 8.9 points per game. Chase Harler also graduated. I vaguely remember him. And then a couple bit players from off of the bench. They do return a good amount. They return their leading scorer slash rebounder in the big O, Oscar Shibway. may remember him. True physical force right there in the middle. Shibwe paired alongside Derek Culver, who is back, and that is an imposing front line. I know that is two big boys. They also return Emmett Matthews and Jordan McCabe, so four starters. And the breakout season is being expected out of rising sophomore Miles McBride, the guard who averaged... 9.5 points per game last year in limited minutes. So here's the deal with West Virginia. It starts with Shibway and Culver. And I will be honest, I'm a little nervous, especially now that Silvio De Sosa is off of the team and dealing with his own issues. How Kansas is going to handle the physicality of West Virginia. There was times last year, especially when you watched them, especially when Kansas played them, where the best shot for West Virginia was a missed shot, and then Culver and Sheboy went to work on the offensive boards. Looking at the game logs from when WVU played Kansas last year, first game, first Big 12 game of the year, January 4th, Kansas won the game 60-53, to but Sheboy went for 17-17. and 17 points, 17 rebounds. The game February 12th, 
Shibwe had 14 points, nine rebounds. So I guess you could say they limited him. That's all well and good last year when KU has the most dominant force in the nation in Yudoka Azabuki. Like he essentially was able to match the production himself of both Culver and Shibwe and get them in foul trouble. So that's a lot of pressure for Dave McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot when the time comes for KU to play West Virginia. It's, I'm a little reticent, to be honest. I, I'm worried about how those two guys are going to handle Sheboy and Culver. I'm going to get into my Kansas basketball worries, I think, next week. That's my plan. <laughs> I'm, 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 I radiate positivity and happiness and bubbly, and I think Kansas can take on the world all preseason. Then when it starts to get close to game time, that's when I start to really overpick and see the warts of a, of a roster and overworry. <laughs> I think we'll get into that next week. But the key for West Virginia this upcoming year, I mentioned the name, Miles McBride. Had about 22 minutes per game last year and was still able to score nine and a half per game. That was as a freshman. So if Sheboy and Culver can be the beasts down low, if McBride can score at a reasonably respectable rate. Maybe McCabe steps up here in his senior year. All of a sudden, you start to see the pieces coming together. Oh, and on top of that, they are adding a top junior college prospect in Kedrian Johnson. Johnson, or maybe Kedrian Johnson. I apologize to the Johnson family. But during his time at Ju- in Juco, he averaged 25 and a half points per game. So this is a guy who knows how to score. But he also averaged five, and a, five rebounds and five assists per game. Much like Tyon Grant Foster for Kansas, we will see how those guys adjust from going from junior college to stepping into the rough and rugged Big 12. But I am no player hater. If a guy knows how to score, no, that's something you're going to have to keep an eye on. On top of that, the recruiting class, not ranked great, 7th in the Big 12 by 24-7 sports, but that does not necessarily include, or it does not include, Jalen Bridges, a redshirt freshman, a four-star redshirt freshman, was in the program last year, did not play, so that's a, that's a talented player that gets to step in. And you pair him with Isaiah Cottrell of Huntington Prep, a four-star player, 77th nationally, 6'9", some more length for West Virginia. That's the last thing that they need. And the pieces are starting to come together. Best case scenario for West Virginia, Sheboy and Culver dominate every single game. They average close to double-doubles. And this team pushes for second place, but most likely finishes third. I still believe this is probably your fourth place team in the Big 12. Most services, most previews have them finishing third. 
In fact, uh, the website I'm looking at right now has them ranked 12th overall. I mean, I, I just mentioned the AP poll. People are excited about West Virginia. So, it's. I think the key is Miles McBride. I really do. A guy who, in spurts last year, could really make things happen. But we'll see. You know, that's when West Virginia is at their best. When guys like Daxter Miles and Jawan Staten, right? They have playmakers who can score. I mean, I know that's that's oversimplification, but with the playing style of West Virginia, like it keeps them in most games. So if they have someone who can put the ball in the gosh darn basket, then, you know, it really takes West Virginia to a different level. The problem is that's not always the case. And that's why it's such a ridiculous statement that when West Virginia has a player who can score, that's why it comes into play because there are times where the Mountaineers are just bricklayers, shots just clanging off the side of the backboard, and it sinks them. So we'll see. Very intriguing team in Morgantown. This is a team that has limited turnover as opposed to a lot of the teams we've talked about at the bottom of the conference. And you know what you're getting out of a Bob Huggins team. Mostly what you're getting is a windbreaker. <laughs> also him yelling and berating the referees. All right. Good stuff. If you can't tell, I am jazzed up for college basketball. Uh, right now, all we've got is, is football, and that's sort of sputtering along. So, you know, the NBA will be back along. Hey, the NBA draft, I should mention, is, I believe, next Wednesday. So best of luck to Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azabuki. Uh, that should be really interesting to see what transpires. Uh, all the headlines and all the smoke is starting to, to, to puff out about the NBA draft. Will the mellow ball go number one? Ooh, teams don't like Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. What about the international players? But of course, here on Believe in Jayhawks, we want to see what happens for Devon and Udoka. I feel, I feel hesitantly positive. I think one of them could sneak into the first round. We'll see. Keep an eye on that. I will talk with you next Thursday. It feels like the days are just flying by. I feel like we just did uh, last week's Texas Tech episode. And yet here we are. So talk with you soon. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. And as always, rock chart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.